We want to go to God's Word together, and I want to read uh, Psalm 23 for all of us, and then we're going to hear uh, from there. I'm going to just go ahead and read it for us, and then I didn't give this passage to them before, uh, so I'm going to just go ahead and read this passage, which is uh, all familiar to you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. You know, right now we are going through the series GPS, uh, especially on God's guidance, and GPS, God's uh, positioning system. And how God guides us. The first Sunday we looked at the part about uh, God being our guide. Uh, especially from Psalm 23. that uh, He's the guide who has a goal and then he leads our lives. Especially those of you that have accepted Jesus Christ and then now profess God to be your father. And then he is invested and interested and committed to leading you too. Uh, the place where he wants you to be and more like Jesus Christ and in many ways uh, through you that how he wants to use you to be a blessing. Uh, you and I, we need to come to know God as the guide better. The last Sunday we talked a little bit about the path on which that he leads us, path of life. But, but we talked about how God invites you to continue to walk together with him in the path of wisdom. And how do we grow in wisdom as we gain wisdom from God's word and then also from counsel and then through prayer that you and I grow in wisdom. Now, you have the GPS, the guide, and then you uh, are walking or driving on this path. And then what next today uh, about making decisions about you driving on the path and then you just going and facing what you need to face. Uh, you and I face many decisions, many important decisions relates to job, relates to relationship, and many, many other things. Some of you, you know, after a short-term mission, uh, may be praying seriously about God, how do I serve you? Uh, do you want me to be a missionary? How do I incorporate sharing the gospel where you put me? You know, as you take time to pray through some of those things, I think there are important steps that you need to go through and then pray about those things. And some of you, you may be praying about God's guidance about the job. You know, should I renew the contract and stay, or should I go back, or what do I do? Do I look for a new place? Uh, what is it, God? And in the midst of some of those things, I hope that you will learn to continue to trust God and then learn to grow wise and then you need to face what you need to face and challenges and you need to learn to make decisions and then drive and go forward. You know, I, I will try to say it this way. You know, God, you cannot steer and then and drive the car uh, that is in parked position. Uh, you cannot do too much. You know, as you are uh, 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 
starting the car and then getting out of the parking lot as you begin to drive and then as you go in the direction that you know that God is leading you and that God will continue to lead you further you just cannot sit there and say God uh, give me the job give me the person God do this no you need to learn to drive and learn to do what you need to do and perfectly uh, today Uh, I wanted to focus a little bit specifically on one major topic that relates to many of us, and the topic on marriage. Uh, topic on marriage. How do we uh, go about making an important decision about uh, marriage? Uh, I've been talking about Jamie last two Sundays, and then she told me, "Don't talk about me anymore." <laughs> But I asked her, "Could I please talk about one more time?" So I, I got her permission uh, this time. Well, you know, we got, we've been married for about 25 years. And then after, soon after we got married, and uh, she was going through some things, cleaning some things, and then she found her uh, diary book. And then as she was going through it, and then she pulled out uh, a sheet. And then she showed it to me and said, Look, Steve, and this is the list. And this is who you are and then who I was praying for. You know, when she became a Christian, one of the, uh, the worship services where she went, and he heard a pastor, a missionary pastor, uh, uh, challenging many young people. You know, don't just sit there, wait until somebody just comes to you. Why don't you just begin to pray uh, for the person that God may be preparing for you? Uh, so when she was challenged to begin to make a list and begin to pray, so she went home, and then she said she made a list. Maybe it didn't take, uh, it took more than one day, but, but and she came up with a list. Handsome, good-looking, smart, and many, many other things, and rich, or whatever it may be. But, but she had a list that went on more than 10, 20, 30, 50, and a list that went on more than 100. She told me, and then she had up to 149. She wanted to make 150, but then she just couldn't figure out one more thing, so she was stuck with 149. 149 characteristics of the person that she once got to bring to her and then that she was praying for. And then as she was, you know, had it in the Bible and then praying every day, pulling out a long list of things. After a few days, she just felt, very convicted. I'm too selfish. This doesn't look right. And then she reduced to 35. And then as she was beginning to pray for 35 things and about the person, and then she also felt convicted after a week or so. And then she made it down to 15. So she had in the Bible after reading the scripture and then she pulled it out and said, God, I want somebody like this and to be somebody that I want to be serving you together. And then she had the list that she was going through and then praying. And then in the midst of time of prayer, she just felt that God was whispering, if I bring and give you somebody like this, a good person, would you be a good person for this person for whom that you're praying for? And so she became convicted. So she made another list. And then she began to pray so that she will be a good person for the person for whom that she was uh, praying. 
And then she showed me the list, and then she was reading off one by one by one by one on all of them. And then she was surprised, and then I was surprised too, that I fit all 10 of them. No, not 10, 15. All of them. And then I was, we were surprised. God does hear our prayers. But so much more than wanting somebody that just comes, what God is, I think, reminding you and me is this. Pray so that you will be the person, a good person for whom that God is preparing you for. I think that's an important lesson for you and me to think about today. Yes, we can take time to just pray, God, send me this person, this person. Forget that list, but focus more on the list for you so that you will grow to be a mature person, a person that will be good and be a blessing for the others. Amen? Do I get an amen here? (laughs) Okay. As we think about marriage and then making important, some decisions about this important topic, there are a few things I want you to just think together with me. Kind of going along with how we used the the path of wisdom last Sunday. Uh, We want to focus more on how you need to think through these things and pray through these things as you make important decisions about marriage. And then one is this, uh, we need to go to the scripture and to see what God's Word teaches us about marriage and then about what you want to do, especially about marriage. You know, the Bible doesn't say a lot about dating, okay? The Bible doesn't say a lot about dating, but Bible says a lot about marriage. So marriage is an important theme as you're thinking about getting married. You need to go to God's Word and to give you some clarity as to what God's idea of marriage is. And those are important. What's the purpose of you wanting to get married? We need to go to the scripture to find what's God's purpose of marriage. Purpose of marriage for some may be companionship. Uh, For some it's my happiness or our happiness. Or to be fruitful and reproduce and have many children. Or it may be many other things. But you know what, when you go to the scripture, uh, do you remember the passage sometimes pastors preach on in Ephesians? That yes, your marriage is not about you, but it's really about God and Christ and his love for the church. Think about this. Your marriage is not just about your happiness, not just about your children, but it's really about God and his love, Christ and his love for the church. Your marriage is to display bigger reality of God's love through your loving family and relationship. And that's an important thing that you need to keep in mind. And there's a good, good call in sacred marriage. And a gentleman named Gary Thomas basically says, the goal and the purpose of our marriage is not happiness, but it's holiness that you and I need to grasp that. And then I hope that it will begin to sink in as you think about it. Genesis 2, the passage where it says, you know, uh, a man will leave his father and then cleave to his uh, wife and then they will become one. And that's what Genesis 2 says. Therefore a man will leave his father and his mother and then hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. 
You know, this picture also gives us a, a bigger reality that's in the background. You know, the man and woman becoming one. Why is this important thing? Because the Bible again and again talks about one of the important goals of marriage and family is that you have this one flesh. Chapter 2 of Genesis is a chapter that speaks about how God created human being in God's image. And then it speaks about image of God, how we are to represent God and serve God. And then how we are to manage God's, uh, uh, the, you know, the creation on His behalf. Yes, we are to have a relationship together with God, represent God, and then exercise the power that His, the faculty that He has given to us. But one important aspect about being an image of God is this marriage. You see, our God is one God, three persons. It's Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in love, and they are one. Our God is very unique. It's not just one, it's not just three, it's three in one. And interesting thing is, how is God best understood, especially in this loving relationship of family? As a husband, loves a wife and wife submits and the children come in in this loving family dynamic it displays how our God is our God is loving union and our God is love that lovingly leads lovingly supports lovingly carry out that which the others do and here we see that your marriage to be is not just about your happiness, but to display who God is and His love for one another and for the world. I hope that you will think about that. I hope that you, as we think about marriage, that we'll begin to think more and more and more about what does the Scripture teach about marriage. But one important aspect of a marriage, especially for God's people, is this. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partners does righteous have with lawlessness? You know, uh, you know, basically another principle that you and I need to consider is this. Christians are to be married to Christians. And that's what God's word is reminding us. See, it, uh, the word do not be unequally yoked. Yoke is a word that we find in agriculture setting. Picture agriculture setting where there is a, 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 a farmer and who is now, you know, the uh, harness the cow, you know, to uh, do the plowing work and then toward the direction that the cow now is becoming a part of one extension now is just moving that way. But now, here, the one cow is connected to another cow in a double yoke. And now, with a master's leaving and directing, they're moving toward that same direction. And, and, and the scripture is saying, hey, the master is leading you toward this direction and you're going as you're going. It's going to be very difficult if you are yoked with one that's not going in the same direction or do not want to go or are going in another direction. 
You know, it's like this. Marriage is something that's important, and God is so important in your life. You know, for you and me. You know, for every important decision, and then what God says in the Word and what God thinks, and then you pray about it, His value and His commitment and then His goal and purpose is so important, and then you choose to live aligning together with God and God's value. But when you become married to an unbeliever, this is what happens. And then you get married, and then as you try to love both God and then both unbeliever, and then what many times happens is you quietly push God away. Or sometimes what happens is, as you try to grow, as you try to love and walk together with the Lord the best way that you can, and God's still blessing you and then using you. And the deepest joy that you have, so many testimonies and so many things that God's blessing you. And then you cannot share too much together with the person that you're married to. Because for the other person, your partner, God and God's kingdom and what God does is not that important to you. So here, Scripture reminds us, be wise and be equally yoked. As you desire to serve God, learn to be married so that you will be serving God together and going in the same direction. It's not just with the believers, with unbelievers, but also mature Christian, with a brand new Christian. No, try to. Pray and seek for a person that is serving in the same direction together, and that's what we say. Well, that's in the scripture, and that's a reminder for you and me. And you know, let's think about this. Let's also think about a model toward which that how you and I need to prepare to work. You know, as you think about what's a a good model of mature uh, Christian woman, we could go to uh, Proverbs 31. And then Proverbs 31, woman of noble character. It goes like this in verse 10. An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. And then heart of her husband trust in her. And then he will have no lack of gain. But interesting passage also goes down and says, Her children will rise up and call her blessed. And her husband also, he praises her. And, and he will say, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Here. Don't just think about the goal of marriage. Don't just think about, oh, I need to be married to a believer who's serving the Lord together. No, think about what kind of a person that you want to be as you think about a person that you want to be for another person, your spouse. You see, I one time saw a little sign that says, are you looking for a Proverbs 31 woman? And on the other side said this, why don't you be a Proverbs 1 to 30 men so that you deserve Proverbs 31 woman? You know, for men, the list is not in Proverbs 1, but there could be other lists that we could go to. First Timothy 3, writing about the leaders in the church. 
And he writes that for somebody to be an overseer, uh, living a life of, of, above a reproach, husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not drunker, and on and on, gentle, and then quarrelsome, not a lover of money, manage his own household, and, then, and somebody who's not a recent convert, and somebody who is well spoken of by outsider, and so that, that the person will not be, fall into a disgrace, the snare of the devil. You see, as we look at this list for the deacons or leaders and elders, why is it that you, although you are not a small group leader, it's important for you to have this as a goal is, if it's a goal for the uh, leaders, why don't you also make that your goal so that you will grow to be people who will also be a leader for others as well. Keep that in mind. As you think about marriage, goal and purpose of your future marriage, what kind of person to whom, and then the mature person that you want to be. You know, those are just some scripture guidelines. Now, please, go to the scripture and learn more, and then be guided by that. The second thing is the area of wisdom. Uh, you need to have a mentor, a pastor, other people. And then if you're in a relationship, serious relationship, and then ask a pastor, what do you think? Do you think we're ready for a deeper relationship? And uh, please get some input and feedback from other people. You know, sometimes as you're about to begin a relationship, you know, from a small group, you know, somebody that you get to know, sometimes it's helpful to have somebody give you some feedback. Do you think uh, I'm ready? We are ready for this relationship? Say, hey, what do you know about you? I don't know. And do you know what you want to do? I don't know. Do you like uh, whatever? I don't know. What are your strengths? I don't know. What's your weakness? I don't have any. You know, if you are somebody that does not know much about who you are, I think it's much better you concentrate more and then you're growing. And so that you will come to know who you are better than rather than begin to be in a relationship together with other people. Relationship with God. I think you need to sometimes have a feedback from other people. And then you see, unless you have a strong foundation, the relationship with God becomes a foundation that undergirds everything about you. You know what? Just because of one relationship, if everything is shaken, changed, and everything is thrown off, you know, it's not going to be a good relationship. You need to get some feedback from there. But you know, as I was thinking about marriage, what are some of the things that we need to think about? Okay? It may not be scriptural teaching, this and that, but what are some of the things? You know that marriage is a covenant and commitment. It's a commitment. For you to be successful in your marriage, you need to grow to be somebody, the person of commitment. I think it's a very important thing, wise thing for you to consider. Think about this. Some of the people, you know, the, who have a difficulty making any commitment, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to be a part of the small group, but then only shows up two times the whole semester. Somebody that says, oh, I promise, I promise, I promise. And then there is not much follow through. Always looking for something special, something more. And then in everything, in a relationship, in friendship, in job, and other things. You know, what we need is we need you to become somebody that's more committed. 
Somebody that's more dependable. Somebody that's more reliable. So that you will be a person of commitment as you grow in your relationship together with a person. You know, sometimes as I was thinking about this, you know, there's deeper thing. You know, you need to know about God's commitment to you as you think about you growing as a person of commitment. Now, for some of the, sometimes guys, even after meeting six months or, you know, a year, you know, every weekend spending time together, and, and then is so afraid to make a commitment, to take the relationship to a next level. I love having somebody to talk to and enjoy this weekend. But you know what? You need to think about making a commitment and be a person of commitment. What if I make a mistake? You know what? God is committed to you. As you learn to seek to honor God, and then as you seek to be a person of commitment, even if sometimes you make choices that might not be the best, God is going to work together in such a way that God will be faithful, committed to you, and then God wants you to continue to grow as a person of commitment. I think, man, you and I, we need to think about becoming a person that is more reliable and learn to make better commitment. But also for ladies too. And not just because out of fear, but sometimes our commitment is so much higher than God's commitment. There's a guy that loves you, is a good Christian, serves, and then and serves together with the Lord, but then he does not have the college, the degree that you have, or does not have the, the six-digit income that you like to have, or is not as handsome as your mom wants that person to be. You know, looking at other things according to God's standard, he looks fine, but because of your standard. And there's not much people, not many people that meets that standard. And there are only few left in the whole nation of Korea. <laughs> Just kidding. But anyway, it may be the case. Sometimes you need to think about this. What's more important? Would you, if God's standard is okay, would you be willing to live together and then be married to somebody that makes less money than you? may not have the, the same education as you, but somebody that loves the Lord. Think about what's more important. But you know what? Sometimes, speaking about commitment, sometimes some people are very committed. Very committed to anybody. Anybody. And then it doesn't matter that person is a Christian or a non-Christian or whatever. Sometimes wanting to have the relationship has become a false God. To the point, I will just throw anything out for this relationship. We need to take time to prayerfully examine. And then we need to see God's wisdom here. Commitment part. But another part is this. You know, probably... The marriage is a lifelong friendship. If you want to be successful you know, in your marriage, it's advisable that you become a good friend. If you're all about you, when you're together with another person, you have to be the subject of every conversation. I don't think you're ready for a serious relationship or commitment. 
You know, if, you know, if people do not want to be your friend because of, uh, you are all about, hey, you make me happy. And you need to pause a little bit and ask others, how do I grow as a better friend? Everybody wants a, a, a friend who is loyal, shares deeply, listens, speaks kindly, accepts, understands, fun to be with, encouraging, sacrificial, loving, helping others to grow and challenges others, that loves you unconditionally. The relationship takes place over time and over much effort. And don't just look for somebody like this, but learn to grow as a friend as you Be a friend to somebody that's near to you. What's most important is this. No human being can be the ideal friend that will always satisfy you. You have a friend in Jesus Christ. Let Jesus be your best friend that fills your need and void and so that you be the person through whom that you will be a blessing to others. One more topic related to the area of wisdom, not just the commitment, being a friend. How about this topic of suffering? You know, everybody's nice on a date. Everybody's nice when things go the way that they want to. But if you are somebody that's panicking with stress, Or if you are somebody, when somebody criticizes you, gives you feedback that you fall apart, or if you're somebody, when you fail, you just don't know what to do, and then you're ready to give up on everything. I don't think you're ready for a relationship. I don't think you are ready to be a friend to another person. You need to become more mature in the way of dealing with what's going on, what happens with life. You see, in the midst of many challenges that you come, you may face, that you need to learn to be somebody that comes to the Lord. God, I need you. I need you every hour. And even missed off so many things that seems out of control. God, I need you. And in the midst of your shortcomings, God, help me that we come to him, that we experience him being the one that helps you to continue to grow, knowing that our God, who is your Savior, who will continue to guide you, and who uses all that takes place and work everything toward good, and that's what he does. We talked about the principles of Scripture, and then I talked about a few things that relate to the area of wisdom. I hope that you gain wisdom from other people. The third area where we want to talk together is an area of prayer that you need to begin to pray. You need to just begin to pray, not just so that you have a list of 15. No, scratch that one, begin to pray for your list so that the God will help you to grow. Pray so that you will not be led by hormone, but you will be led by Holy Spirit. Pray that you will not so focus on 
that person, that person, that person. Know that God will help you to continue to look to Him so that, that you will continue to grow. Pray that God will give you a pure motive that you will not jump into a relationship just because you think about you do not like your ex and then you want to be in a relationship to show that how beautiful, handsome that you are. No, no. Please take time to pray that God will guide you in your prayer so that you will be involved in praying that you will be committed to bringing your needs before God. That you will not make quick decisions out of fear or because you are a coward and then a girl says, you better do it or not. Okay, okay, okay. No, that's not the decision that you need to make. But they pray that you will be ready and making sound judgment. As you're thinking about prayer, you need to also pray that God will not only give you blessing and God's grace for you to grow, to be the mature person. Pray also for the means to which that God's grace comes. You know, when we come together to worship God, God meets with you, God blesses you. It's the means to which that God's meeting you and then blessing you. Do you know there are other means that you need to know how God blesses you as you're doing the quiet time, opening the word, and God meets with you. You need to be receiving God's grace through time alone before God. You need to also be involved in small groups, in community, as you share that you're growing together, as you begin to serve others and do other things. Those are means through which that God's blessings come. Don't just say, God, make me this super person that will be a blessing. God does not work magic, but God will give you grace and help you to grow as you continue to pray. Also pray that God will use you to be a blessing, an instrument of blessing for others. You know, God can use you to bless people. God uses others to bless you. But do you know that God can use you? Are you somebody when people that you work with say, you know what, it's because of you. We have a a peace in our company, in our place because of you. You know, whenever I see you, I feel God's peace. Because of you, we are growing to be more like Christ. You know, you want to be a blessing to the person that God brings to you. Not the other way around. You need to begin to live a life of being a blessing. Even now, God, use me a blessing now where you have placed me. Look at three major things. Scripture and wisdom and prayer. And then what? Then what? You need to face the challenges that you have, you need to learn to drive, you need to learn to make decisions that you need to make. But you know what? If you are more committed to preparing and then seeking to be the person that God wants you to be many times, that you have much higher chance of crossing paths together with people that are also committed to serving God. It really does. 
winters. You know, uh, when we went to the States, <coughs> our family, uh, the, the, the second car, you know, we bought a, a used car, and then Dad got into a big accident, and then and Dad thought, hey, maybe we should get a new car. So we went to a Chevy dealership, and then we bought this brand-new car, a Caprice Classic. Probably none of you know, but it's a souped-up version of Impala, if anybody knows what I'm talking about. But, you know, the car was so nice, and then he drove it home, and then I slept in the car for a whole week because I was so very happy. It was the best car that I ever saw. It was. But strange thing happened. As Dad was driving, I was sitting in the back. As we were driving, I saw another Caprice Classic going by that way. And then as we were driving, I saw another one that's going by. Soon I realized the car that I never saw before. Exist and there are many others that have their car. Do you know if you're somebody that's committed in serving, seeking to honor God, there are many chances that you are able to spot so many more there. You know, as you're driving, you know, you could see some cars that's coming on the other way, and you may see it for a short time and boom. And if you want to catch up, you have to get out and do U-turn, and you can uh, never catch up. But the, the car is moving in the same direction that you can begin to see, and then you can see many more. The person that has high standard, the person that's committed in the same way, as you begin to meet sometime, you can begin to be involved and then have a conversation, and then you can begin to have much sustainable relational success rather than you meeting somebody who just came to church you know not too long ago just learned to praise a little bit learned to talk Christian lingo a little bit two minutes into conversation this person says serving God is great missions is great all these things are great but two minutes after your conversation you realize this doesn't person does not know anything about Christ's Lordship, does not know anything about prayer, does not know anything about making sacrifice. But the person that God may bring, higher chance of you having a sustainable relational success. You know, if I don't know much about uh, uh, athletes, but let's say, you know, I want to join a basketball team. and say, oh, I like this team better than this team. And then after you choose the team, do you learn to dribble and pass? No, if you learn to dribble and pass, and if you learn to grow, and if you become the best athlete that you can be and train to be, you have a higher chance and probability of being a part of a team that you want to be in. You know what I'm talking about. As you face challenges in life, focus on preparing yourself. And then you need to do what you need to do. And I want to just uh, speak to uh, some of the, the men. You know, if you're in a small group together and then there's this gal that who really loves the Lord, you kind of like uh, that person, and then I think it's okay to buy coffee and just get to know a little bit more, you know. 
you know, I think it's okay, you know, after you sing. And then somebody that's of a, a, a you know, much, you know, value, you begin to initiate and see. You know, one of the best places that you meet people, when you begin to be a part of praise team or small group, when you become a part of ministry team, as you get to know the person, you come to know that person, and then you grow, and then together, that you can begin to possibly and see how the Lord may be leading as you prayerfully seek to grow and then become people that will honor God. You know, there are a few people sitting here They met here at OEM in different small groups. It's, I think it's great. We want to see more of these things. I'm not trying to make this uh, something else, but why not? And then I want the, our leaders to pray, and then we will do our best to advise and counsel you so that you will choose to have relationship that will be wonderfully honoring God rather than somebody was active and then because of one relationship boom that person is nowhere to be seen prayerfully take steps men especially prayerfully learn to take small steps and so that you will seek to be the servant leader that God is inviting you to be. One of the favorite passages of Psalm 23 is this part. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You see here, the Lord is the one that's going before us, and the Lord is also the one that's abiding and walking together with you. But here, He is going to follow you as you take steps to go forward. As you take steps, God, this is the way that I want to serve you. And then this is wonderful person I want to grow closer. As you take your steps and His faithfulness will follow you and guide you. Even if you fall and make mistakes, as you continue to seek to honor God, He will work things through so that He will be honored through you. Let us pray. Would you just take short time to think about what the Lord may be whispering to you? As you're thinking about your marriage relationship. I know some of you are already married. Why don't you also think about your marriage, the goal, and then how you are to continue to grow and to serve. For others, rather than, this is what I want from somebody, you know, why don't you begin to pray and begin to do something about so that you will grow to be a blessing to the person. Lord Jesus, we thank you for being our shepherd and our guide. Lord, marriage is such an important topic. But Lord, as we begin to pray and continue to seek you, 
Oh Lord God, I really do pray that many, many wonderful relationships will take place. And then so many of these people here that are seeking and waiting, that you will lead them to many, many fruitful relationships. But Lord, through and through, to bring much honor to you. And God, we thank you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.